The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save the dates? In the first series Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. clients. Identify yes. fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. My name is Benjamin Shapiro, and I'm the executive producer of this podcast. And today, we've got a special technical SEO episode for you, which is going to be hosted by Jeff Atkinson, who's the founder and CEO of Huckabye. Huckabye is a technical SEO platform that automates the process of improving search results to drive more organic traffic and make your website faster. Jeff is a brilliant SEO, and I'm thrilled to invite him to take the mic and share his technical knowledge with you. All right, here is a technical SEO episode of the Voices of Search podcast, guest hosted by Jeff Atkinson, the CEO and founder of Huckabye. Hello, SEOs. My name is Jeff Atkinson, CEO of Huckabye, and this week we're going to discuss emerging trends in AI-powered search and SEO. Joining me today is Farzad Rashidi, lead innovator at Respana, which is an all-in-one link-building tool and blogger outreach platform built for SaaS and agencies to increase organic traffic from Google. And today, Farzad and I are going to discuss the new age of AI-centric search. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, here's my conversation with Farzad Rashidi, the lead innovator at Respana. Farzad, welcome back to the podcast. Great to have you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on again. It's an honor. Well, this is an interesting topic. I think it's probably maybe the hottest topic in SEO these days. 
AI-powered search results, uh, the new age of AI-centric search. What I'd love to start with is what is going to happen actually to these search results? I actually been preparing for this podcast, watched the Google video on how the search results are going to change and what to sort of expect and how you can ask follow-up questions, all this stuff. But we would love to get an explanation from the expert on what is going to change as AI sort of starts taking over search results. You know, that's obviously there's lots of panic in the SEO community with what's going to happen, especially that Google didn't actually set a date for when they're going to release it um, to the public, uh, still in beta mode. But basically, for folks who haven't heard of it, which I would assume with, with the minority instances all over LinkedIn, <laughs> basically, uh, Google is putting feature snippets on steroids. So uh, when you go and ask a question, basically, we'll it already has the top 10 search results in their index. And what we found that majority of the time, the answer, it gets generated by AI uh, using their basically LLM. And uh, it will sort of summarize based on the top 10 search results that comes off of that keyword. So for, for example, let's say, hey, what are some of the best uh, web hosting platforms? And it will basically go and take a look at the top 10 search results that would normally show up in the top 10 for that target keyword and would generate a response to top 10, basically whatever the commonalities are and show you them answer. So that is looking to basically take into effect. I mean, that's, there are some rumors um, beginning of 2024 where we'll sort of have a more widespread sort of release. Yeah, so that, that's kind of the gist of what's going to happen is pretty much there's going to be a generative answer for majority of the informational keywords um, uh, starting 2024. Yeah, and I know I watched a video on Google on how and that gives you sort of a, a walkthrough of how the search experience is going to change. Is there any way that our listeners can change a search setting or actually see these results uh, to start testing and, and seeing what's coming back? 100%. So if you go to labs.google.com or labs.google, I guess, uh, you can go ahead and sign up as a beta user. Again, I signed up a while back and I think right now they sort of opened it up more. Uh, so it just requires a personal account. If you have a business email like Google Workspace, it's still not released for that yet. But if you have a, just a personal Gmail, go ahead and sign up using that and you should be able to get access to the Google Labs, which basically is just that little lab icon that shows up next to Google. So you could go ahead and play around with it. That's cool. And did I read that they've actually pushed this to production in India and that people in India, maybe that's wrong, but I, I read somewhere that India is like the testing ground for, for this new search experience. Is that true? Did you hear that? I haven't heard of it. No. I mean, no. I, okay. I don't know Yeah, exactly what's going on, but <laughs> I know it's still in test. It's still not a widespread release yet. Best date I could find is in about January, 2024. That's sort of what's been the main rumor where it's going to get a little bit more Widespread, but until then, we don't we don't really know. I don't think Google guys know either. Yeah, so we got like four or five months to get ready. Mm -hmm. Is this sort of Google's answer to Chat GPT? You know, I I know some people that now exclusively use Chat GPT as their search engine, and you know, it is a competitor, I guess, to Google. Uh, I think most users are not sophisticated enough to be using Chat GPT exclusively. But do you see this as sort of their answer to the threat of ChatGPT? 
So I have some strong opinions about this. And again, these are all my personal opinions. So feel free to take it with a grain of salt. Um, That's why you're here. That's why we want to hear the personal opinions <laughs> of Farzad. Right. So I don't think ChatGPT is a search engine at all. ChatGPT is the technology yeah. right, of their large language model, uh, OpenAI's LLM, which is the technology that search engines can use to generate text based on some prompt or information. It's not a reliable source of information because it hallucinates. It has no recent information. The you know training ended a few years ago. And the technology is extremely powerful. And this actually was created based on Google technology, the Transformer paper that went live a few years back. And I do think that Google may have sort of catalyzed the development and basically pushed that deadline a bit back, I would say, as a response to OpenAI's uh, ChatGPT. But I think they always had it in their plan. It's not something you can just take it out of your sleeve all, all of a sudden. It's something that takes years and years and hundreds of millions of dollars of investment to develop. So I think they definitely had it always on the horizon. And I think OpenAI sort of beat them to it. But I don't think OpenAI's focus is to ever compete with Google as a search engine. I think that they're building the, the technology in order to license to other companies in order to use uh, in their basically software, in their platform, their day-to-day work. Uh, but I don't think it's, it's a replacement for a search engine at all. Now, you look at Bing, that's what they're trying to do. So they're using the OpenAI technology to put it on top of their search results. Now, they're a contender to Google. So I think Google is more worried about Microsoft and Bing than OpenAI. Hmm, that's a great take on the competitive landscape. So we got like four or five months till this big rollout. Probably the biggest update from Google I mean, it's probably bigger than the page experience update. That was, what, two years ago. This is a massive change in that the underlying basis of what Google's going to be serving as the top search results is going to completely change. What can marketers and brands do to prepare for these changes? What What do you think are the, the key things that they have to have in place? You know, I say with any Google update, there's you hear about the losers, right? The ones that, that lost a ton of traffic. But secretly behind the scenes, there's a lot of winners as well. And we all want to be on the winning side and getting those rankings. So right. what do we need to do to prepare to be someone that benefits from this update when it comes? That's a great question. And I think there's two sides to this to answer that. First of all, is your on-page stuff. Basically, creating content pieces from that point forward. So until now, what's been working is that you start writing some, covering some informational keywords, you know, creating glossary pages, uh, writing blog content, bring people in at the top of the funnel and basically nurture them by creating like landing pages, et cetera, toward more towards the bottom of the funnel. I think the importance of top of funnel content pieces is gonna go down significantly because it's just not gonna generate nearly enough clicks. Because the user is able to get their answer if it's just, hey, what does this keyword mean? Or what does postpartum impression mean? So what are some of the symptoms of it, et cetera? So Mayo Clinic and a bunch of other guys already have written content and that sort of is covered. So it's something that as a user, I think it's not necessary to dig deeper until you're ready to actually take some action. Uh, so I think the top of funnel traffic is going to drop significantly. And I think it probably is a little worse than what happened to uh, keywords that started showing a feature snippet, right? So I think it's sort of comparable to that, which is we see a normally around the 20 to 30% drop on the search results below the feature snippet as I know before it was number one. Anyway, so creating this shift towards 
creating pages that user would actually need to land on in order to do take an action. So let me give you some examples. For example, our Respana, uh, we're a link building our software office promotion tool. So instead of focusing on our glossary pages, hey, what does a backlink mean? Or what is a nofollow tag, et cetera? We're shifting our focus entirely to pages that are a little bit intent. So for example, uh, templates. Hey, what are some of the best like link building outreach templates? Now at a feature snippet, you can probably get some examples, but it's not nearly comprehensive enough because you need a bunch of examples, a lot of text, maybe some images, stuff that would require you to still land on a page. So templates are, are extremely important. Like at our parent company also, Visme, we, we create a lot of like infographic templates, et cetera. So that, that sort of, it's, it's a type of page that you need to be on it in order to get value from it. It's not some text that you can just summarize and, and it answers users' question. And also tools pages, stuff that you need to take actions on, right? So for example, we, we, you just built this tool called Backlink Checker. So you can put in any URL and it pulls all the backlinks to it. Now, putting that on the SGE, it's going to serve no purpose because you still have to land on a page in order to start taking some action. So sort of as, as, as SEO as a strategy, I think it's going to move a little bit more towards building pages that are not simply, um, and, and another reason for that, by the way, is because of these AI tools that are getting released left and right. So anybody in a grammar's basement can now just plug a keyword in, press yes on Jasper, or just use the OpenAI Playground, create a blog post. <laughs> that just like basically. So I think the value of those is going to diminish quickly. Like th those are probably the first type of pages that are going to have absolutely no value. So save your money. <laughs> right? uh, stop, stop releasing hundreds of blog posts every, every week. I don't think those are going to bear much fruit in the, in the long run. And instead, putting your focus on creating pages that there's some barrier to entry. Creating templates is difficult. Creating tools pages is extremely difficult because it requires development resources, requires like putting honeypots and recapture and all sorts of mechanisms to prevent abuse, stuff that requires some technical know-how. And not everybody can just create it easily. So shifting the on-page sort of stuff, uh, on-page strategy towards pages of this sort, I think is going to take more prominence. And, and then we could talk about the off-page stuff here in a second, but I'm going to give you a chance here to pause. Go ahead. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. 
No, I think that's great. I, I agree that the world is getting flooded with content right now because of all this natural language AI being able to write for us. Um, so you're saying more sort of hardcore content that is functional, like actual technology that'll do something for you or just stuff that needs to be built instead of stuff that needs to be written. Is that right? Uh, I mean, at least that's in the short run. These are the first thing that pops in our, into our mind. I'm sure SEOs over time, they're going to find some different new creative ways. But based on the current, uh, I would say, landscape, that seems to be the case. Yes. And structured data was so important in capturing rich snippets, featured snippets. That was like the best practice in order to be capturing those spots, that coveted spots on Google. Is structured data still an important part moving forward? Or is this AI algorithm looking at different cues to be able to create sort of the answer that they're giving the user? Right. So I'm not a great technical person. So I think you would be a better, much better person to answer that question, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> I think there's, there's one element to this that is the fact that it's, not, it's still in beta and, and we don't really know how the final format of these AI-generated snippets are gonna look like. So what holds true today doesn't mean that next year is gonna be the case. You know, For example, before the SG didn't even have any sort of link references. So it was just generating text and we didn't even know where it was pulling from. And now we know that, okay, it's actually citing its sources. And it seems to be that direction they're heading towards where they actually wanna cite sources and have the, the links in the, the snippet at the top which I think is a smart idea because as a user, you build more rapport that way. And so as far as what the necessarily the schema uh, markups, et cetera, are they going to uh, any sort of structured data, really? I, I don't think um, that's going to be as important as it is because what these AI tools are doing is basically understanding the content on the page and deciding uh, whether or not that's relevant to the user intent. So I think the content itself obviously bears a lot more importance. And that's my personal opinion. But again, Google is a black box. Uh, what exactly goes into their algorithm and what criteria they use to generate those responses is still quite unclear. But that's sort of my two cents that now that's always been our focus is to predominantly focus on the content itself and what we were discussing than, than any other uh, aspect. Got it. Well, before we wrap up, let's touch on off-page and how people can prepare regarding off-page SEO for this upcoming uh, big shift. The question becomes now, Jeff, okay, that's great that you know we, we know that we're gonna create some bundle funnel pieces, but how do you actually get, up, get them up in the search results? Because at the end of the day, even if informational keywords users are going to be able to get answers, you still have the ten the links, the text links on the on the Google pages, and you still have algorithms that rank websites. Uh, so even though you will still be able to get a lot of answers through them, when you are ready to take action, so for, let's put yourself in shoes of a user. Let's say I'm looking at, hey, what are some of the best hosting platforms, etc., and I come up with a few different options. And I'd like to read the reviews of them. So I'm like, okay, what is like Bluehost's reviews, etc. At the end of the day, you're going to reach a point of where you want to land on a website. And in order to dive deeper into the topic, and either it be the links at the top in the AI generated snippet, or it be in the, the text links uh, below that search, uh, search result. You still need to get your site up there. And the only way uh, that Google has basically been 
you know, consistent with this. One of the things that's only been consistent for for the, the past 20 years, everything else has changed, is a matter of authority, basically credibility. And so they want to prioritize brands that carry a level of credibility. And, and then we see this time and time again in any update that comes through. They're becoming better at it over time, but that that credibility is also measured in terms of popularity because that's the only measure that is not easily cheatable. Uh, because you know you can always tweak stuff on your own website. That's the easy stuff because it's under your control. But now it becomes insanely difficult when you need to get other people in your industry, other relevant authoritative resources to cite you and talk about you. So I think that limited spots, even though SEO has been sort of and being able to get away with that uh, by creating like long tail pieces of content, uh, stuff that is relatively easy to rank for. There's not a whole lot of competition. But since those are going down in value and there's going to be much more emphasis on the bottom of the funnel content pieces, I think those are going to gain a lot more competition because those are the ones that actually drive the traffic to the website. So to do that, I think that the importance on building credibility uh, goes up. And the only way you can do this is through a variety of channels. Uh, it's to basically go on as a guest on podcasts in, in relevant authoritative, uh, you know, uh, podcasts in your space. So <laughs> why? Because in the show notes, you're, you're talking about Respana. Yep. Now, don't think backlinks in a sense that it's a hyperlink to a website is going to always be the only way that Google can trace this. I think there's going to be a lot of inferred links that are going to gain importance. Why? Because these large language models are trained on web data. That's where they're getting their training from. So if you keep getting, for example, what are some of the best hotel deals, websites? There's Turbago, there's Expedia, and it comes up in text all over the place, all over the web, any article that gets published. So even if there are no links to them, but the generative AI algorithms, basically, it's like a text predictor on steroids. Uh, it runs on tokens. So it's much more likely for your brand to start showing up uh, if it's been repeated throughout different websites that they, they do the training on. So basically getting your brand, I think brand placements, product placements in, in relevant authoritative websites. It could be going on podcasts, it could be digital PR. So you come up with some interesting sort of data, some proprietary study you do and reach out to other folks that are writing content about it. So let's say you're a expert in SEO and you do some analysis, you're like, hey, here are some of the most technical prevalent like technical SEO issues and you do a large study of like a million websites and and then you put it together so you can reach out to folks in search and journal etc that are writing content about technical SEO and pitch them that infographic you created and the study that you created get them to reference you get them to mention you building relationships with other brands in your space not direct competition but people that are writing content that are uh, collaborating uh, or they're basically carry a level of authority already building relationships with these folks to do collaborations. Uh, I think those are going to gain more importance because it's, it's becoming very hard to cheat the system now by going and buy a bunch of backlinks or do shady tactics like that. It's the only thing that tends to move the needle. And I think this is going to continue on is as actual relative, like authoritative publications in your space talking about you. And I think that this is going to gain more prevalence from that point forward because the competition on the keywords, the type of keywords that would drive traffic are going to narrow down. And, and, and those are the ones that are going to basically make you the big box over time. Excellent. Well, what a fascinating topic. Really looking forward to learning more from you. Okay, that wraps up this SEO strategy episode of the Voices of Search podcast. 
thanks to Farzad Rashidi, lead innovator from Respana, for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Farzad and I are going to discuss building brand authority in preparation for Google's search generative experience. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Farzad, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is the underscore Farzad, F-A-R-Z-A-D, or his company website at Respana.com. All right. Thanks to Jeff Atkinson, our technical SEO guest host. If you'd like to get in touch with Jeff, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Jeff Atkinson. That's G-E-O-F-F-A-T-K-I-N-S-O-N. Or you could visit his company's website, which is Huckabye.com. H-U-C-K-A-B-U-Y.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. 